American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello, and welcome to American Catholic History. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate us and give us a review wherever you get your podcast. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Today we're talking about how a gun-toting, cigar-smoking, whiskey-drinking, haymaker-throwing mountain of a black woman was a dear friend of Ursuline nuns and children in the Old West Montana frontier. But our story begins in slavery in Tennessee. Yes, Mary Fields was born into slavery in Tennessee in 1832. And that was her life until slavery was ended in 1865 and she was a free woman. Accounts vary at this point, but it appears she worked various jobs along the Mississippi River, including as a stoker on riverboats, and eventually as a servant, not a slave, for a judge in Florida. When the judge's wife died in 1883, Mary Fields took the five children to live with their aunt. Their aunt was actually Mother Amadeus, the superior of the Convent of the Sacred Heart, a community of Ursuline nuns in Toledo, Ohio. So now a former slave woman from Tennessee was living with Ursuline nuns in Toledo, but she didn't enter the community. No, she didn't enter the community, perhaps because by this point in her life, she was already about 50 years old, she had developed certain habits. She swore a lot, she smoked cigars and drank whiskey, and had no problem brawling with men if they needed a whooping. We should point out Mary Fields was a large human being. She was more than six feet tall and weighed more than 200 pounds. She was a strong woman in more ways than one. But she did work for the sisters. She worked as a gardener, a carpenter. She would go buy supplies. Whatever the sisters needed, she was happy to help. And she was Catholic. Well, there's little evidence that we could find as to when or where she was baptized and received the various sacraments. But based on accounts from later in life, we know that she was Catholic. So things were going well in Toledo until Mary Field's dear friend, Mother Amadeus, was sent west to establish a school for Native American children in the frontier town of Cascade, Montana. Yes, Mother Amadeus went west and Mary Field stayed in Toledo for a time. And she would have stayed longer, but in 1885, word came that Mother Amadeus had come down with pneumonia. Mary Fields packed up and headed to Cascade immediately to nurse Mother Amadeus back to health. And then she stayed there doing what she'd done back in Toledo. Only this time, she wasn't in a settled city like Toledo. She was in the Wild West. The local Native Americans called her White Crow because she acted like a white woman but was black as a crow. Others started calling her Shotgun Mary because she was good with a shotgun and usually had one with her. One thing she always had was a Smith & Wesson thirty eight special revolver, and she was a good shot with it. Over time, she established herself as being about as capable as any man in hard work, in brawling, and in downing the whiskey. When the Montana government passed a law forbidding women from being in saloons, the mayor of Cascade specifically gave Mary an exception. She was equally beloved as a good-hearted woman who would help kids and anyone else. Her birthday was considered a local holiday, and the kids would get the day off school. The catch was, she wasn't exactly sure when her birthday was, so she would pick days here and there and declare them her birthday, and she usually had at least two birthdays a year. The kids loved her. I'll bet. So she had established herself as a force to be reckoned with and a favorite of the kids and was working with and for the sisters the way she had done in Toledo, but that didn't last. No, it came to an end after she actually challenged the janitor at the convent to a duel and the bishop got word of it. Apparently, the janitor was bad-mouthing her work behind her back, and when she caught wind of it, she challenged him to a duel. No one knows the outcome of the duel, but as one report tells it, she was still standing afterward. That account actually came from a rather notable source 
Force, a man who grew up in Montana and first met Mary when he was nine, the actor Gary Cooper. Yes, and Cooper himself had an interesting history with the church, which we'll talk about another time. But at any rate, the bishop ordered the sisters to dismiss her from living with them and working for them. They hated to see her go, but they obeyed. But they didn't just drop her. Mother Amadeus helped her set up a restaurant in town, and she was happy to cook for the workers and the farmers. The problem was she was always happy to feed people without getting paid. So her restaurant went under. Mother Amadeus helped her start another restaurant, and that one went under too. Some reports say this cycle repeated a few more times before Mother Amadeus decided to help her find another line of work. Yes, and this time it was as a mail carrier. The U.S. Postal Service didn't actually employ letter carriers at the time. They contracted that workout, and Mary Fields was a perfect fit for the job. Yes, so in 1895, at the age of 63, she took the job as a star route carrier and did great with it. She would pick up the mail at the railroad depot daily and schlep it by horse and buggy back to Cascade and to the sisters. Sometimes the snow was too deep for her horse and buggy, so she would strap on snowshoes, hoisted on her back, and carry it herself. Her reliability in this job is actually where her most famous nickname, Stagecoach Mary, came from. She was as predictable and as regular as a stagecoach. Gary Cooper actually tells the story of how she came back to the faith during this time of her life. Uh, yes, and the story Cooper told to Ebony Magazine in 1977, he said that once when making the trek back to the convent, she was thrown from the mail coach and was in bad shape when she arrived. The nuns took her in and cleaned her up and gave her a place to stay for the night. When she woke up the next morning, the sisters, who had never stopped inviting her to return to the sacraments, had a new set of clothes and a veil for her, which they had made overnight. Mary returned to the church that morning, going to confession and receiving communion at Mass. That's beautiful. The sisters never gave up on her, and she never fully turned her back on them. So she kept that route for eight years until age, and probably the drinking and smoking and brawling finally started to catch up with her and forced her to retire. But her life of hard work and service wasn't over. The sisters in the community helped her set up a laundry service in her home and paid her to do the laundry for them. When her home caught fire and burned down, the town rallied and built her a new home and laundry. And there's one more story from this area that's kind of funny. As she was sitting in a saloon playing cards, she saw a guy who owed her two bucks for laundry she'd done walking down the street. She excused herself from the card game, tracked the guy down, decked him hard. As he was lying there on the ground, she informed him that she now considered his debt paid. She was in her 70s at this point, but still not one to be messed with. Mary certainly lived life to the full. Mm. She also loved going out to watch the local baseball team and never missed a home game. She would make buttonhole boutonnieres for all of the players and bring whole bouquets for anyone who had a home run. She became the team mascot, leading all the cheering. And in her final years, she babysat children, any children who needed it, for $1.50 per day. Stagecoach Mary died in December 1914, somewhere around 82 years of age, a character to the end. Her funeral was one of the largest the town had ever seen. You've been listening to American Catholic History on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please be sure to give us a rating and a review. To learn more about today's topic, to find previous episodes, and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com history. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. I'm Noelle Heaster Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you for joining joining us on American Catholic History on StarQuest.
This is Dom Bettinelli of the StarQuest Production Network, and we need your help. Over the past year, we've grown by leaps and bounds. Some of our podcasts, like Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, are among the most popular shows we've ever produced, but that success is in danger. Creating a dozen shows has caused our expenses to rise, and right now, we aren't making ends meet. We must reach the financial break-even point if we're going to continue. If our reserves are depleted, we'll have to cut back many of our shows. We might have to shut down entirely. That's why it's crucial we hear from you right now. Please go to sqpn.com slash give and click the become a patron button to make your monthly pledge. If you're already a supporter, please consider increasing your pledge. The need is urgent, so please go to sqpn.com slash give. That's sqpn.com slash give.